Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radio 5G. This is Michael Henry Dunn with my co-host, Nancy Hopkins. And Radio 5G is a joint project of Cosmic Reality Radio and the Sacred Academy of Global Evolution. And we are very pleased to have uh, with us as our guest today, Cyrus Parsa, who is the man behind the AI organization and the groundbreaking uh, lawsuit in federal court naming the top big tech companies and a number of the uh, associated political figures such as uh, Barack Obama and Google and the Bidens and the Clintons um, sued in federal court for weaponized AI biotech transfer, uh, specifically uh, to China which is uh, endangering the lives not only of, of the Chinese as being used by the authoritarian government in China, uh, but with uh, implications for uh, all of humanity. So, Cyrus, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me on your show, Nancy you're, and uh, Michael. You're so welcome. So, um, we'd just like to um, get an update from you. I know um, from having talked to uh, some activists that we're working with, that uh, the progress of the lawsuit uh, at this juncture uh, depends upon um, the defendants being served uh, by U.S. Marshals. And uh, as I think about, you know, the implications of that and what it means to serve these particular individuals, uh, you know, that that is no easy task. So uh, would you like to just share with us, um, you know, perhaps a little bit of background on um, how you came to um, to begin this effort and, and how you see it going forward and, and what the funding needs are? Well, I guess let me start from the beginning since maybe your audience may not have uh, had a chance to um, research and see how it got to this stage. And I, I can share that with you folks in this in this call. So I formed the AI organization in the year of 2018 after years of researching big tech and the political climate and the geoconflicts that we have with China, Iran, and around the world. And, the, you know, all these divisions between Democrats and Republicans that have existed for so many years. And, of course, um, the political movements of socialism and communism destroyed so many countries. So after forming the AI organization, I, I officially researched over 1,000 artificial intelligence, biometric robotics, cybernetics, bioengineering, and companies that are related to 5G. Because I saw huge threats coming to humanity, not just from censorship, but 
in numerous ways, not just the bio disease that I put in the books. So after researching these these companies, um, initially I I saw a huge threat that was a security risk to the White House, President Trump, and key figures around the world. Um, that comes from poison delivery systems that could be put on micro drones. So the WIST Institute in in Boston um, area, they, they work on robo-bees. Robo-bees are, are created for pollination, according to them. But the Chinese government, through its um, tech transfer and collaboration, students abroad, and so many things, they extracted know-how for these robo-bees. And I researched and I realized they want to use them for policing. They want to use them for espionage and also for assassination to to put um, poison delivery systems on them. And then the same thing they were doing with um, cyborg beetles. And this is connected to the 5G network. So I, I researched DARPA. DARPA is not DARPA. It's DARPA, which is another institute in that area in the east coast and they they're putting machine packs on dragonflies so the chinese stole this information and i realized the white house was not um prepared neither was the secret service for cyber cybernetically enhanced um, items that could be used in multiple different ways which i'm not going to disclose other than you can use your imagination in this one so I, I discreetly reported to the Secret Service. I kept my mouth shut for six months and just wanted to make sure that they made some moves, and they did. And I gave um, about 41 companies, uh, Intel, to the former director of CIA cover-ups that was with three presidents, my final report in June, which included quantum, 5G, AI, and facial recognition, all kinds of biometrics. He just asked for biometrics. He wasn't expecting the whole gamut of things. I gave him 41 companies, paid me for one company, which was enough to pay maybe a certain one staff to do a little bit of research. I did it because, you know, Trump was getting so much incoming and, you know, they were so busy getting attacked with impeachments. And I realized the intelligence community was far behind in this AI things. I mean, far behind. But when I gave it to him, he was just mind blown. And I just gave him 10% of what I knew, and he was just mind blown. He gave it to the military. Then I waited and waited, and I published AI, Trump, China, and the weaponization of robotics with 5G. The subtitle was How China, Western AI, and Robotics Corporations Pose the Greatest Threat to People Through biodigital social programming via the human biodigital network and why the world's citizens need to support the Trump administration against the Chinese regime. Very complex subtitle. So I compressed maybe a 10,000-page report into about a 200-page book with a lot of pictures, coded language. I did not include any company names in here. I just said these are capabilities included robotics, microdrones, so many different things. And things that are very, very advanced, not just for 5G, but in the future. So it's present, emerging, future threats. And Cyrus, can you tell people where they can get a copy of that book? Please? Uh, yeah, so it, you can go to Amazon, but if you go to the AIorganization.com, 
You can download this book, but I embedded this in the second book. I embedded 95% of it. The 5% I didn't because it's really, really hard for the for people, to, their brains to accept some of the things I said in, in this first book. So I took it out. But 95% of it is in the second book, which is Artificial Intelligence Danger to Humanity. And I'll explain this because there's a sequence. When I published this, immediately um, people who have been the CIA, senior officials that know the Homeland Security people that I know, because I have a bachelor's in national security and master's in homeland security. And I went through a PhD program and I didn't finish. And these people transmitted to the White House and they got a confirmation that, yeah, they re- it got received. Like three weeks later, President Trump is sitting with the Australian prime minister and, and he states, uh, oh, you do robotics, right? Yeah, China threatens the whole world. And that's my introduction. For the for for the for the book, it says China threatens all the world's citizens, and and with bioengineering, cybernetics, five G, quantum, all, all these kind of things, and and really sophisticated things I put in there, which included the coronavirus. I called it an AI engineered bio disease that gets um, it replicates and mutates and increases in its effectiveness on human beings on the five G network. I tried to warn the whole world. Immediately, Facebook banned um, its promotions. So the cover has a robot with a smartphone over his head, robots over looking over a, uh, a smart city. To its left um, or right, if you're looking at the book cover, it's got a horse with um, George Washington on it, but the head is not George Washington. It was, I replaced it with President Trump. On the left side, it has... Um, called Marx with the little sickle on his forehead. And that explains that our tech companies are controlled by a coding, which is communist, and which, which can actually easily take over the world compared to capitalist structure, which can be done either way. So immediately I get attacked. And some people call me stupid. Oh, a lot of people call me stupid, actually. And Really, really smart people like went inside and read the book, and there were CIA intel people, but they didn't get it 100%. And even the White House people, they didn't get it 100%. But they realized, whoa, yeah, China is doing things. I ended up at uh, the presidential dinner giving it to a high-ranking general. He took some of it. He didn't, he didn't believe in AI, but he started pirating some of the other stuff. I think, okay, well, people are – I go to a news outlet, and you know this is a conservative news outlet, and they're re- really good people there. The two, the two reporters say, "Oh, we, we you know, it's not. We don't do AIs, nothing." And so they don't report me. Next, next time, my team says they're plagiarizing and they're going events and they're saying AI, drones, five G, quantum, robotics, Huawei, all the stuff I put in my book. So the people either I'm getting laughed at, slandered, or the really smart people understand some of it are stealing my stuff and plagiarizing. And I'm trying to warn all I'm trying to warn all the world's citizens. And in here I put how all the big tech companies, including the media, can be sued for complicity on, on not only genocide in China, but the prevention of of genocide to the human race, which I put in here in stages it's gonna happen to people. Not just physical genocide, but cultural genocide and them losing their free will. So I think it was October, NTTV ran one of my articles, which was concluded that uh, the people who died, the females that were in rivers, weren't suicides. They were actually rapes, and they used facial recognition in Hong Kong with AI 
in the apps to catch them. And right away, NTT ran it. A million people um, saw it within hours. It broke their records, Chinese outlet. Three million came to my website and replicated to 100 million people all over the Far East. And then I'm saying the Bloomberg lady, she, she shares it. And then three weeks later, they ran an article, but they don't cite me. and say, oh, yeah, they're using facial recognition. So I'm like, okay, so Bloomberg cheated me. I'm like, fine. Uh, just person follows me, right? So, and all all the generals see me tweeting strategically to them, to all Fox News, Marie Baltimore, she which she likes my book, and um, all the other people. They're behind the network. They're changing their actual sales technique, putting AI, drones, quantum, but they're not running me. And and if you look at the introduction, it's it's pretty vast. If you look on Amazon, so I don't know what to do. Uh, think tanks are taking my stuff and they're starting researching and I'm working 18 hours a day with my team. Some of them get scared because they know what I'm trying to do. So I run Artificial Intelligence Dangerous to Humanity, which embedded this book, expanded on it, and I include 50 of my companies in there, how they interconnect Chinese companies and, and Western companies, how they endanger every human being on the planet, and I expounded on how the uh, people can be sued and the media can be taken down, everyone else can be taken out, and how there's so many people that are involved with organ trafficking and then what 5G is going to do to people and 6G and so on, how it's going to replicate and all these kind of things. And um, Amazon's, I'm sorry, it was, um, I don't want to use this term, but they they use a look and feature and everyone gets half the intel because a quarter of a book is available and they, they corrupted the file months previous to that. I forgot to tell, tell you folks, Twitter stop the promotion of this book the first day. Why? Um, well, let's just say we don't know. As soon as I removed the subtitle where it says the world needs to support the Trump administration uh, against the Chinese regime, they immediately approved my uh, um, promotion for the book. So a lot of people start following me, but then it was too much for them, and they unfollowed. Uh, conservatives, all kinds of different things. Everyone's watching, and they're just extracting information and making content. I'm trying to warn the world and people are just making content off me and, you know, and changing the words around. So I muscle through and I have my connections and they get this third book, Artificial Intelligence Humanity. They get it to the, the not only the White House, but high government officials in many places. I even had one of my articles warning Taiwan and went to the president. So long story short, I, I don't know what to do. I know the virus is going to hit any time. I know we have huge – I found coding that showed extinction uh, for the human race in stages. And I'm trying to warn people, but people at the highest level, they don't understand this. They just have contracts that were put in by the Bidens and, and Obama that, from years. So I run the lawsuit on December the 16th, which did not disclose the John Doe's 1 through 29, which included uh, Obama and a bunch of other people. And, you know, it's not, just, it's not just the left. I'm sorry. A lot of conservatives are guilty of certain things as well. But unfortunately, the biggest damage that was done was by the approval of the naivety of allowing China, China to steal so many of our technology that's, that can be used for nefarious things that endangers everybody on the BRI, which is a one bill, one road. So I came up with a conclusion in the first book in August that China with big tech – can dominate, enslave, or control, and threatens all the world's citizens on a quantum AI digital brain that connects uh, with an artificial superintelligence, or AGI, and mobilizes machines, drones, uh, 
uh, robotics and micro microbots that can enslave the human race through bio-digital social programming. And I'll, I can explain that with a question. I'm, I'm summarizing here, right? So the lawsuit uh, becomes viral on Twitter. It reaches every city and every nation. Not one media picks it up. Remember watching me, right? I have Wall Street journalists following me, but they're not running it. We, we have people dispatching the New York Times. They don't run it. I'm saying, hey, you guys can be liable if you don't run it. You're against city, national, international laws. So when I do that, a lot of people on the surface that work with me, not the intel groups behind me, they immediately disappeared because they're thinking you're shot or whatever, but they don't understand there's intel people around me that are watching. So I'm by myself. I run out of money, and next thing I know, I'm going to have to sell my Renaissance paintings just to keep it going. Waiting, waiting, waiting. No lawyer will take it. A couple want to take it, but they want to make money off it. I don't want to make money off it. So I disclose um, – I make a few more – bunch of articles about how people were programmed to attack Trump with a video and an article I embedded in there, which included AI, smartphones, social media, and Google, and I explained it, how it actually works. And I was on Infowars um, with Owen Schwarzer, and then I was on with a bunch of other um, – alternative places that took that took me up so um red pill 78 um frank, quite frankly um true reporting and of course john b wells so i run the the john does which you have like 14 days to serve and i and i asked okay please donate want to serve everyone with with um we want to serve everybody with u.s marshals it's not just a simple task it's 40 companies and people, which which includes not just, I'm sorry, the negligence of Obama and the complicity of Obama and Pelosi and, and Clinton and, and Biden's. And Biden is taking $1.5 billion from China while Obama knew there were slave camps in China, while he there were reports to him telling him that they're organ harvesting people. And then he's allowing Biden to take $1.5 billion dollars. It's crimes against humanity, right? So, but it's not just the liberals. A lot of conservatives went to China. They got organs. And, you know, I I housed um, David Kilgore and David Mattis for for their lectures. And they concluded in 06, 41,000 transfer were count for. 2016, they concluded that 60 to 100,000 transplants per year, every year for 18 years were accounted for in China. It's a lot of people or transplants. So the whole world's flying to China. They had, inter- they had um, marketing. Bring in 100 grand, 200 grand cash, you get an organ within 48 hours, heart, liver, kidney, whatever it may be. So think about how many people are, uh, are have gone to China. How many of our business people did business with China? They And they, they have a knowing side. They knew you know, China's a nefarious country. They do business, right? So I don't want to. I don't want to be mean to the left because they're victims as much as the conservatives are. So I run this lawsuit. It's the biggest thing in human history. And you see the QAnon people. Oh, let's get these people. They look at my lawsuit. One of them like kind of likes it, but they don't retweet it. So I'm like, okay, these guys are talking about all these deep state people, but they don't retweet it. Even even the the conservative networks that were saying, oh, none of them run it. So, and I talked to somebody really really high level, and they're like, 
we don't want to condemn these people because it's not just the Obama administration's fault. It, it, it's multifaceted. It goes back decades. And we don't want to create a civil war. And I don't either. Uh, my intention is really to get this fighting to stop between the left and the right. It's just it's unbelievably crazy, but also to break up these tech companies because they're endangering not just you and your families and everyone else. They're endangering themselves, and it's very really sophisticated. So nobody donated, or maybe twenty people donated. So well, I, let I, me ask you. Um, excuse me for interrupting um, here, Cyrus. But so from the summary you're sharing with us, uh, what it it seems like the challenge that you're confronting right now is that. In order to move forward with the lawsuit, you need to have the U.S. Marshals serve all of these very high-profile people, uh, which is no easy task, and that because all of the information that you have researched and brought forward in the lawsuit has been shared across a very wide spectrum of media, both you know traditional and alternative, that because your content is not being cited and credited to you, because no media is following up on the story, you are in a funding quandary uh, in being in terms of being able to move forward. Because uh, even though millions of people now know about the lawsuit, there is no direct translation of of that awareness into the financial support needed to move forward with the lawsuit. Is that? Is that a, a good summary? That is a good summary, but there is another summary as well. Nobody wants to move on this. And their intel groups, I, I did this for multiple reasons. It's not to get these guys. I don't want to hurt these guys, okay? A lot of people want blood. They want to get these guys. I don't I don't want to I don't want to hurt any of these people on the list, including the big tech companies. I, I what I want to do is bring awareness and expose the dangers and how that everybody is a victim, not just the conservatives, but also... Right. right. So, so let me ask you, um, you know, and I'm looking at the list of defendants here, and just for our, you know, we'll have the link um, to the AIorganization.com up on um, the YouTube and in the live chat. Um, this is being pre-recorded. Um, but I'm just going to read a list of some of the defendants so that our listeners... Uh, get an idea of the scope uh, of the lawsuit. Um, and let me just read the case summary facts, uh, if I may, from your website here, Cyrus. Case summary facts, and again, this is uh, a lawsuit in in federal court. Um, and the summary facts are threatening and endangering the lives of all the world's people with the misuse of artificial intelligence, biotechnology, negligent bioweapon tech transfer, negligent failure to stop Chinese uh, intellectual property and sensitive AI biotechnology theft, complicity to genocide, and aiding in physical genocide within the slave camps inside of China by transferring AI, quantum biotechnology, financial investments, trade, surveillance systems, facial recognition, and engaging in cultural genocide of humanity via cyber cybernetics, bioengineering, transhumanism by controlling and reprogramming the human races and the upcoming new generation of people's thoughts, emotions, and brain chemistry, etc. And the um, defendants listed here start with Google, LLC, 
uh, Barack Hussein Obama, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton, Eric Schmidt, John O. Brennan, Warren Buffett, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, James Clapper, Facebook Incorporated, Deep Mind Incorporated, Alphabet Incorporated, The World Bank, Neuralink Incorporated, Tesla Incorporated, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Sundar Pichai, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, Microsoft, Bill Gates, etc. Um, so, and you know, it goes on. George Soros, uh, Rockefeller Foundation, Chinese Communist Party. Um, when you tell, when you were sharing with us, Cyrus, that. This is primarily an awareness-raising effort on your part. Um, you know, you do not realistically uh, expect to bring, you know, this long list of, um, you know, extremely high-profile, the most high-profile people in the world and high-profile companies in the world to actually, you know, bring them to court. I mean, just the, the massive challenge of serving these people, like getting U.S. Marshals on board to serve Barack Obama, Joe Biden, you know, Warren Buffett. I mean, good luck finding these people. I don't know the exact mechanics of of, of serving papers, but usually you got to find somebody and physically hand them to them. The U.S. Marshal has to physically hand them. It's can't, oh, pass this along to Mr. Obama, would you please? So obviously that's a huge logistical challenge if you're talking about Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, you know, George Soros for kind of loud. Um, you know, these are not people who are easily served. It would be actually a, a multi-million dollar high security company. You know, a, a elite security company would have to be hired to brainstorm how to corner all these people. Um, so I guess my question to you is, you know, um, given the awareness raising mission here, what, you know, in order to keep the lawsuit moving forward such that it is a reality that people can continue to report on, that can raise people's hopes that these uh, crimes might actually be brought to justice I mean, are you receiving advice that you should narrow the list of defendants to, um, you know, some with whom the case is clearer and who can be more easily served? Um, I'm just wondering, you know, if, if you could share with us your, your thoughts on this uh, in terms of whether the ultimate awareness raising purpose um, is is well served by um, having, you know, this list of, of 40 high profile individuals and companies. Uh, if you could unmute uh, there, Cyrus, we're not hearing you. Is this, is this how, okay, there we go. Okay, let, let me um, just give a correction on that. I was going to have these guys hunted down. Don't get me wrong. I came to the point, I was disgusted by the, the editors and, and the publishers and the media houses. And then I was disgusted with, so many people that you see that are there are showing themselves to be good, but you go to them and all they do is is actually take your your stuff and they make their own tweet to just grow their own platform. Everywhere people are doing, not just the liberals, but also conservatives. I'm like, well, am I just doing something that's so so huge that it's so difficult for people to energetically, morally, ethically try to accept and try to support me? So. Uh, 
so difficult. And I didn't even want to get to this point. I didn't want to sue these guys. just wanted a platform so I can bring awareness and education in time because things are forming. And I was hoping, um, you know, President Trump would say something about it the first time. And, you know, he knew about it. And they made some moves and uh, some things was taken care of. But the second time, uh, you know, we're releasing Obama. This should be like in every every media house and everywhere in the world. So you're telling me that everyone is conspiring not to report on this? No, I think it's just a matter of shock. And some of it is just so sophisticated for people in our medias that it's just way beyond their pay grade. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, I, excuse me. I, I can agree with that. I just um, – we know about the phenomenon of cognitive dissonance. That, as you say, there are a lot of people who simply can't even integrate the information that the evil is that systemic runs that deep, you know. But but for a lot of these folks, uh, and if you're talking about the Washington Post, New York Times, Time Magazine, you know, who are um, listed as defendants, you know, those are um, not, shall we say neutral, disinterested public servants, you know, in terms of intelligence community control, um, corporate media control of, you know, how over the last several decades media in the United States has gradually um, been completely co-opted by a very small number of mega corporations. That it, I think it's, does it feel sometimes it's sort of unrealistic to expect that something as, you know, Earth-shaking is what you're bringing forward that is a direct threat to the establishment, to the hidden hand of these puppeteers, if we're talking Google and Facebook and Microsoft and their ties to the intelligence community. I don't know. It just, it just strikes me as perhaps a little unrealistic to be suing the Washington Post and the New York Times because they're not covering a story which directly exposes the people who control the Washington Post and the New York Times. You getting? Uh, is this making sense? Uh, yes, but but they didn't have to get to that point. They could have just reported on uh, the dangers of AI and five G that I posed um, in in the articles and the books and the interviews. That I wasn't trying to point out any company. I was just trying to say the just the, the idea of things and how people can just kind of step back a bit. And they wouldn't do that. So, but here's the thing. By doing this, we can take down the entire media. You just need a, a bunch of other people to follow, follow suit and then, hey, let's just sue this reporter. She didn't report. Let's sue her editor, a producer. You got a, you know, there's 300 million people in the U.S. And here's, here's what you can sue them for. If you look at what I put in there, Article 3 complicity clause. That applies to every human being on the planet, not just in an international genocide convention, but it applies at a national level. And there is there are all other laws to interconnect with it. If you look at the lawsuit, it's an 81-page lawsuit I put there that I updated. There's so many penal codes that it deals with Nuremberg and biometrics and so many that interconnect. And again, I, don't, I never want to hurt these CEOs or these big tech tycoons or, or the tech companies. Well, I'm not against our intelligence. I, I'm trying to share that everyone's being endangered by this whole matrix because I was able to research a thousand companies. So, again, it got to a point that, yes, I was about to hunt these guys down, but I realized 
even the the guys who are the most like um, gung ho about hunting all these deep state, which they call the word deep state, they're they're not they're not on board with. I don't even see this on the on the website. So Alex, yeah. you know, Alex Jones had me on last night, but I don't see the lawsuit on the website. Maybe I should look deeper. Should well, I- just uh, if you forgive me, um, Cyrus, just. Simply because, like you, we have to watch um, the watchers in terms of who's listening to the broadcast or what kind of you know robotic reading of our our languaging. Yes. Um, of course, you know, and I know that when you were talking referencing hunting these people down, that is simply a reference to the process of having them served papers by U.S. marshals. Yes. Um, as absurd as it sounds. You know, people do uh, get their channels taken down for language that sounds, you know, like let's it's militant. Phrase. Let's it's absurd. It. I know. We'll yes. use a different phrase. Yeah. And I know you didn't mean it that way at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, let's, and the other thing about it is, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, right. um, but, but if I could just to continue along this line for a second, uh, when you're sure. talking about suing media figures, um, you know, I did a fair amount of work with a movement to establish a an enforceable new international court of human rights. And looking at, for example, you're talking about the Nuremberg Laws and um, complicity, etc. Um, now, you know, the challenge of enforcing international human rights law, particularly with the precedents, you know, in, in the war crimes trials in Nuremberg and, and Tokyo and elsewhere, and what has been codified into United Nations um, conventions and agreements and various treaties over the years, you know, just in uh, trying to enforce that in the face of just the trampling of national sovereignty by uh, – by the United States, by NATO, you know, that that it's it's a massive challenge. When you try to say, okay, we're going to sue Rachel Maddow because she's complicit in genocide because a, a story based on facts was brought to her attention and she and her editorial board at MSNBC chose not to cover that story. Well, that's that's about as as you know, difficult and far-fetched a case to to prosecute, as I can imagine. You know, it's like, hey, we're a corporation. We're, you know, running a news operation here. There's lots of other stories. We just happened to decide that, you know, the, the virus in China was a more important story that week. And uh, we questioned the credibility of his sources, blah de blah and off you go. And it just seems, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate there is real moral complicity. These people don't really have a leg to stand on in terms of, you know, burying their heads in the sand on what is happening in the world. The New York Times, the board of directors of the New York Times is made primarily of former big telecom executives. It is not realistic to expect 5G and the lethality of it to be covered it's not i mean you look you know the new york times is might as well be an advertisement from verizon when it comes to their coverage of 5g so you know i i really do applaud the the, the bravery of what you're doing i just think it's it's kind of a hard sell to say hey we need to sue these people because they didn't pick up my story you know that i don't know is there is there a uh, a more effective way to um to as you say you know if, it, if it's about um Overturning, uh, you know, the the major media um, 
distortion and, and falsehoods. Um, I don't know, but this this just seems like a, well, a, a, I mean, I'm, let, I'm a let quick me, let me, myself. Jump in, Nancy. Let me, yeah. let me jump in here because um, first off, the President of the United States has sued for libel uh, the New York Times. Another congressman is just um, sued for libel against the Washington Post. And when he was discussing this, he said, because the question was sort of presented the way that you presented, aren't, isn't this a wild goose chase, you know? And he said, look, at if we don't start standing up and, and using the law the way it was intended and to force them to pay attention, then everything is lost. So I applaud you for taking this particular avenue to try to do it the right way. What you're confronting, of course, is that the right way is full of obstacles. But I really think it's important that you get your main message out on this show. And that main message is to try to explain to people what we are actually talking about. Because it's sci-fi on steroids. Because they have been, when I, when I was in the intelligence community, we knew that everything that was out in the public was 50 years older than what we were working with. And it's probably even more so now. So when you talk about, you know, uh, uh, robotic insects that can deliver poison, let's just stop and talk about it a little bit so that it's not so outlandish to people. Can we do that? Would that work for you? Oh, yeah, sure. I just want to address uh, Michael's um, complicity concern. And would that be all right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, sure, go for it. I agree with both of you. Um, so I think if your audience and everyone can think of the whole picture that I brought together, so I put 31 clauses in here, right? It's not just the complicity. It's the interconnection of all these laws coming together as an individual or an entity because what I did in this lawsuit is connect these companies at the city level, at the state level, national level, and the international level because these are – corporations that connect the whole world and this way they can be taken down and how you know people think um laws are uh, are, are uh, cases are won just because of just because you're writing the law no the momentum be behind um people coming together and it getting into the media and their consciousness affects things so my uh, attempt with this lawsuit was three threefold one was to bring a uh, Awareness. The second was exposing, and then the third one was to actually, um, if they're not going to change, then they'll be served, and then the, these monies will be they'll be given to the people who have suffered, including the American people. And that's a lot of money I put in there. So I don't want to bankrupt these companies, but if you have, let's say, not just me, but let's say one day. 500 Americans go sue the New York Times. Then it becomes a 1,000. Then when their lawyers respond with uh, with a demure, their lawyers get sued because what they're doing is obstructing, obstru obstructing justice that deals with um, genocide conventions. You, there's no fighting. So um, if you remember what the Nazis did to the Jewish people, you know, 
who's going to stand up and and fight somebody uh, fight for somebody who's gassed a bunch of Jewish people, or let's say uh, how the, what the Russians did to the Christians. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the the, the the communist regime did to the Christians. There's no uh, there's no fighting. There's no defending uh, you know war crimes or human rights violations at that scale. So. And that's what it entails. When you have lawyers fighting on behalf of these companies to, to demur, to hide, to deflect, then you sue them. So then, it, then it snowballs into a bunch of people, let's say in the hundreds of thousands, and then it gets in people's consciousness. Then the whole thing falls. That was my hope. But people are just so scared or maybe they don't see the whole picture, and there's so many factions. I mean, within the conservative networks, there's so many factions. Within the liberal networks, there's so many factions. So to, to conclude with this lawsuit, I want I, I to potentially at this point, since I see nobody really supporting it, and I'm out of money. You know you know how much money it was put into research all these companies, how much effort? Now I don't have that much money. We just have maybe – Four grand in donations with this, and you have people donating for cat stuff. Oh, my cat uh, fell down, and you, you get a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So I was hoping a, a couple of billionaires, or even millionaires, or maybe thousands of people would donate ten dollars a piece, and then we, we would go serve everybody. And but then th- there's there's more scale. So at this point, I want to change this to a mediation and sit down with with these people and get uh, get a lot of exposure. So what I really need would be a uh, more like people like you to, to are really smart and wise and have networks to have me get on shows and 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 speak for people to actually read the book. Maybe I'll uh, I'll actually release the Intel report I gave the former CIA cover ups director, which is not like I put in the books. It's actually an Intel report. It has data and what companies, how much they're making, and it's different. It was written differently. So. That's my answer for that. Um, but yes, if we can talk about uh, – yeah, usually what comes out from what I take, it's about 10 years ahead and in some cases 50 years ahead what the military have because DARPA released um, the internet and they did it when they thought it's safe. And then these smartphones, as I put in, in, in the book, you know, these are military devices. They're meant to – you know, dispatch messages and even drones and machineries. But what I discovered that they have proximity sensors inside them beyond like checking your heartbeat, beyond checking your menstrual cycle. What it's doing is connecting to people's nervous system. And when it does that, it actually affects your neural network. So if you're viewing something on this cell phone, and all this bias that came from the media against Trump, people were being programmed to hate Trump beyond the norm. So if you didn't like him, then you would just hate him. If you're neutral, then you wouldn't like him, or it, it could, you could just hate him. So if you look at one of my articles, uh, people programmed to attack Trump with AI, smartphones, social media, and Google. And that's really complex. But I, I want to get back to what you said, the, the drones. Yes, um, they've been around, and the guy who well, made actually, the drones. Actually, actually, let, let's just stop here for a second because this sure. is this is so fascinating to me. Um, I have people around me. We call it the Trump um, uh, derangement syndrome because yeah. something triggers them. And my best friend, I've known her for twenty some years. 
she would get these I, I got limited on what I could say because certain words would trigger her and she would go into an uncontrollable state of absolute hate for Mr. Trump and I mean we almost broke off being friends because she was so she 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 thought that there was something deranged about me because I I supported him you know and what you're saying to me if I'm understanding you is that and I've known this I was a, I was an electronic warfare officer back in the 70s I've been on this trip for you know 45 years um what 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 I, what you're saying to me and conf, well confirming what I have said actually is that this telecommunications system can actually give you a frequency that will set off essentially a pre-programmed reaction is that correct a lot more of that's a lot more sophisticated than actually that there I discovered things the military didn't know themselves and the CIA didn't know itself so they wanted they want to do operations to program people right to to shift um, society against communism or whatever but these these smartphones have been developed to a certain way now with the interconnection between the ecosystem of Google and social media and other things I discovered that even I, I believe the Pentagon doesn't even know about. And it's in the books. That this interconnection actually is programming people at the cellular level. And even the nervous system and their brain chemistry is completely being altered. So if you look at the article, I wrote that in a simple way. And it was really hard for people to accept. I only got 500 retweets on Twitter. And basically, uh, I put three stages on part one. The first stage is... Of course, normal bias that, it, that exists within the ecosystem of social media, Google, Facebook, Twitter, and that shifted people's not only votes, but shifted the perception of President Trump. The second level I put was engineered bias, but AI coding and AI algorithms that connected with bias from Chinese intel groups, from George Soros-funded foundations, and multiple other um, places against the Trump administration, against this country, against uh, against the Constitution. In fact, the third level I put was uh, a little more complex, hard for people to understand. But it, I put that these smartphones connect with your nervous system, and when they do that, the AI app actually. <laughs> It has a mechanism inside. People can't see it, but it has a software. That software connects with your nervous system and your neural networks. So whatever you're reading or watching, that replicates inside the person's brain on the 4G network. And when it goes... Well, can you also, could, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? So... If you, if you read the book Artificial Intelligence, Digital Humanity, I talk about a replicating software um, with with the interconnection of the AI apps and the AI system and the algorithms and the coding um, and, of course, the machinery involved with your smartphones. This this is very complex for people to, uh, to maybe grasp, but I'm trying to go in steps to explain it with videos and, and also – because this involves science – of the human body. So I coined a term called biodigital social programming. Bio stands for your biology. Digital stands for uh, your digital network. So if, you, if you're an atheist and you just believe in science, you can say, I believe in a digital self. 
If you don't believe in that, and you believe in a consciousness, and you say, okay, digital sensory consciousness. If you have a faith, or if you're agnostic and you're open to it, you can say, okay, it stands for my spirit or my soul. The, the next component, and also it covers your, your neural networks, your nervous system. The next component would be social. So biodigital social. Social covers your emotions. It also covers your social media and your social network. Uh, at the moment, we have a social network between me, Michael, and Nancy. And you have a, a, a normal social network that you deal with on a constant basis. The last word is programming. So I term biodigital social programming. So if you look at the first book, um, at the end, it says uh, the subtitle is How China Western AI and Robotics Corporation Pose the Greatest Threat to People Through Biodigital Social Programming Via the human biodigital network. Now, the human biodigital network is very complex and it includes so many different things. And it's in the book, but uh, I summed it up. This is also included in the third book. And it's more complex. Um, if you look at my Twitter account, it says, you know, I, I do AI, robotics, 5G, quantum, Iran, China, biodigital social programming. This biodigital social programming covers everything that can happen to a human being as it interrelates with machines, robotics, and AI in the ecosystem. I put out a video called, Is 5G for Machines, AI, or Humans? And the conclusion was, it's not for humans, not built for human beings, not healthy for you. It's built for machines and also AI. But it, the frequencies are meant for machines, to mobilize machines and take you to, to and then later for 6G and so on, for you to be bioengineered and cybernetically, as they call it, enhanced, but changed. So what this smartphone does, the Trump deranged syndrome does this. The person that I know, uh, that is my friend for 30 years, he stopped being my friend. And that was after I wrote the first book. And he hates Trump. At first, he, did, he liked him because he was liberal. And Trump had casinos and so on and loved women, right? As soon as he kind of alters his, himself and he was defending the country, now he hates him. I noticed so the conservatives hated him before, and now he's saving the country, and they love him. Uh, liberals loved him before, now they hate him. So Trump deranged syndrome, if you look at people who have weak nervous systems, weak psychological states, when they intera interact with these smartphones, it increases their hate and their emotional reactions exponentially, not just because at the moment they're taking in their information. When they go to bed, this cell phone... Um, because it replicated in their brain, it actually is replicating and brainwashing and altering their brain chemistry in their sleep state. Not only that, because it's always connecting with you, it's connecting with your nervous system. Throughout the day, it's programming you at a subliminal level, and people, it's very, you have to be so sensitive to reach it. Now, some people are, are very sensitive, like me, I'm, I'm extremely sensitive. So, some people will sit next to a cell phone and they'll, they'll check, okay, I think I got a tweet because it's just in silence. And they'll look over there and it's flashing. So, But they haven't looked at the phone. But then right away they knew they got a text or a, or a tweet and the sensor is telling them. It's because a sensor is actually connected with their neural networks and the nervous system. And somehow that person's consciousness is connected to their brain and telling them, hey, you got a message and they look over 
Some other people look, to look, look over it and they realize it's a phantom. So it's because this phone is creating a symbiotic relationship with them. What, what I call the parasitical relationship, actually. It's a parasitical relationship. Um, Elon Musk said, you are already a cyborg and you don't know it. You're a two-digit cyborg. And now all we have to do is put these machines in your head with Neuralink. And what this does is finish off humanity because people think they have their free will to begin with. For the most part, they don't. They're walking programs of what they've seen in their lives and what their organs and their emotions feed their brain. And it's, it's just out of emotion. And but, but what happens is when the 5G system comes in, they become completely programmed. They lose all free will because the free will goes back and forth. The person's consciousness is, is, is not stable, especially people who are emotional. But with the 5G system, it finishes off humanity at a free will state, at a biodigital state, as I call it. But not only that, it finishes off humanity in stages, in cultural ways. So if you look at it, people's hormones are being affected. Why, why is it that um, there's so many men who think they're women now? And why is it society is accepting a, a grown man to show his genitalia and dance like a stripper in front of a boy or a girl who's five years old and they're clapping? It's because... Society is bi-digitally social programmed the past 10 years with these smartphones previous to that with the TV in Hollywood to completely – it replicates in their brain and they, it, it completely changes human culture, human morality and ethics and any kind of logic to the point in the future a human being can be said, OK, it's kind of cool to, to eat people. And you have some crazy professors that made that concept out in, out in uh, Sweden, to save the world, we should eat people. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but this smartphone can program people with the ecosystem to completely alter everything. Now, people who have faith, for the most part, and strong people have faith, it's harder for them to be programmed. People who don't have faith but are maybe have strong neural networks and are very strong people – it's hard for these people to be programmed. They're, they're a little older. It affects a new generation a lot easier. It also affects, affects liberal-minded people easier as well because um, they're more open to anything because uh, generally they try to be more kind, and, and but, but they're naive. And look at the transfer. So why did I sue all these companies? Because they, they were naive, and they transfer all these tech to China. In my book, in both books, I put the world's in danger – but also I put in there that there is an AI engineered biodisease coming from China. And it's also interconnected with animals and chimeras and, and mixing human-animal hybrids, which they're doing in China with stem cell research. So how did I know the coronavirus was coming six months ahead? I didn't call it corona. I just called it AI-engineered biodisease. So I ran multiple algorithms, simulations. Um, because I investigated 1,000 companies. I didn't go read any, any other stuff. I haven't actually read any books in 20 years. I read maybe two books or one book. And one of them gave me a lot of knowledge, actually, a lot of knowledge. These, these, this knowledge that came to me was from investigating these companies and using certain biometric tools that are not available. 
I also discovered an AI global biodigital network, which is different from the internet, and it's different from uh, President's JWICs and uh, the Nipranets, which which is for the Intel community. There's another network that doesn't belong to the Pentagon, the CIA, and is exists there. And I call that the AI globalizer network. That's really deep to to go into. Okay, Gusaris. Um, yeah, let me just. Um check in with you on a couple of things you've been sharing, which I'd, I'd like to focus on uh, a little more clearly. When you're talking about um, your awareness in advance of a, you know, a, <clears throat> a bioengineered uh, virus coming out of China, that the, the relationship of COVID-19, as it's now officially called, um, to 5G is a a crucial element right now because you know this interview this radio show right now obviously we're only being listened to by you know a, a handful of folks a few hundred whatever it is live a few thousand on our YouTube channel um, it's a very select group you know we are um, grateful to have an audience that is very well educated uh, a lot of activists a lot of geopolitically aware people um, and you know when when we look at the massive fear campaign um, what do you call it? you know it, it goes back and forth you have some people um, poo-pooing the virus and making light of it you have some you know lots of people exaggerating it and then there's of course, Disinformation is always in play as well from from various factions, but the bottom line is that there is, of course, massive attention, global attention, focused on the the virus, the risks of it, the possibility of a pandemic, of millions of people dying. You know, the recent very conservative um, estimate from a 15-year CDC veteran epidemiologist saying that okay. Best case scenario, this might just end up being like a really bad flu season. But from everything she has seen, her name is Juliana Grant, a CDC veteran. She says from all the information she has seen, she thinks it most likely that COVID-19 will play out like the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, which killed, what, 50 million people? Um, and that we can't really stop it from being a pandemic at this point. Um, it will not be the end of the world, uh, but you know, millions of people will die. People, you know, expect people you know to die. But hey, you can uh, minimize your risk by drinking lots of water, washing your hands a lot, not going into public places, and just hunkering down, not to worry. Major infrastructure will remain intact. Government, internet, major, you know, delivery won't go away. But there'll probably be a global uh, recession. This is sort of her thumbnail, right? So. There's this huge awareness. Try to get awareness on the risks of 5G, the dangers of 5G, for people who look at CNN, New York Times, and Washington Post, all of which are run by the people who are rolling 5G out. It's, you know, to call it an uphill battle is a, a huge understatement. But if we can credibly link, and it gets even just out into the alternative journalism, you know, field and world, and and the growing movement to stop 5G is already, you know, Switzerland, 
for crying out loud, Switzerland, you know, a, a major, you know, financial center, European, you know, obviously a, a major sophisticated first world nation state has put a moratorium on 5G. But if we can link 5G credibly and in solid science to increased vulnerability to COVID-19 and also bring along with that story what you're sharing, Cyrus, about uh, you know the the biotech weapon. I forget exactly the phrase you used to to describe it. To me, this is a potential turning point because it's just flat out proven that five G weakens human immunity, even without you know the additional information we're getting about it actually triggering the virus, triggering possibly triggering other links if it's a bioweapon, you know, other uh, encoding in the structure of the virus that makes it more lethal that, you know, supposedly there's HIV markers uh, included in it. Again, I say supposedly, but if we can link these two, it is game over for 5G because they have mounted this massive fear campaign. And if we can link it, even if it only gets out to 15, 20%, that takes 5G down globally we already have this growing movement and so um for you know for the benefit of our audience and and for us as you know 5g awakeners uh that's that's what this radio program is about if if you could share more with us in particular about um the links between 5g and the virus um that that would i think that would be uh be really helpful Yes, let me give you an example with just 4G. So these these smartphones, when you put them against your against your head, I've done biometric tests. It actually disrupts uh, the flow of your neural networks. That's why you have some people who get brain tumors and headaches after after they have a prolonged use of these smartphones. And if you notice these smartphones, there's patents involved, the proximity sensors, there's patents involved with the electrical fields that they emit that connect with the human electrical field. So that's just 4G. And if you remember, I mentioned that the 5G is not built for humans. It's built for machines to mobilize robots, robotics, and drones, which Amazon would have flying drones, and um, Boston Dynamics would have all these you know, dog robots and humanoid robots running everywhere, and people will have them as in their houses. You know, this is what it's built for. They want to get to flying cars and all these kind of things, but you don't need this stuff next to your home. So these frequencies that are emitting at, on the 5G network, they will not they will increase the damage to your health. They will break down your nervous system, not only culturally and biovisual social programming and alter your your brain chemistry. But they will activate certain things in your body. So, if you are, so most people, when they get a virus, it's always in them. This is something maybe hard for some to believe, but if you get some kind of flu, it's always dormant inside of you. That's why when people get older and their immune system gets weaker, they get sick again and they die because that virus was always inside them. So, I put out an article on, our, on February 7th. I said COVID-19, whatever, whatever you call it. It's been here since the end of December. And people have had it in America, but it's, it's been here in a mutated form um, that replicates in the human body. Wuhan, they had 5G. So with the 5G system, 
it was emitting and breaking down people's immune system. And what it does is if you have a virus inside of you, once, once these frequencies are hitting your neural networks and your nervous system and what I call the human biodigital network, which is very advanced, it would take me hours to explain this. When it hits this, it breaks that, those channels down. It breaks your neural networks down. The virus is inside you. That's not, that's not made for human beings. It's not good for you. It's, it's meant to replicate and kill you. That actually grows. And the 5G frequencies allows that to grow and replicate inside of you, break down your organs, and finish you off. Because what this smartphone is actually doing, if people can sense it, when you're touching it, Right away, it's affecting your neural network. So the Chinese have um, a philosophy going back. You know, they have charts 2,500 years. They call these emerging channels uh, or chi. Uh, the Indians had, call it uh, prana or energy. The Persians, before the, the Muslims invaded them, they had the same concept. They believe that uh, your emotions have um, an effect on different organs. They also believe that before you get sick, your energy channels break down. Then your blood becomes stagnant. Then your immune system goes down or you have that organ failure. So people who have done maybe years of certain disciplines can maybe hone in and be able to sense these these energy channels. So that's why there's acupuncture and these kind of things, but it's not advanced that they used to be, you know, maybe 2,000 years ago. What I'm trying to do is mix today's science with ancient principles, and people call them dumb, but, you know, they had some wisdom. So getting back to this replication, because it's made for machines, not humans, the frequency is beyond what the human body can take in a prolonged dose especially these these little um, towers they want to have so many of them because they're in short spurts they're not they're not from distances right so you have to have so many of them what we'll do is completely increase any replicating virus you have inside of you through long term it'll actually hurt people's health it'll culturally destroy people and it will completely uh com- uh contribute to big tech companies programming people with their bias or their information on their ecosystem. It's multifaceted, not just your health. But yes, if you have a virus and you're using this technology and including your IoT devices, these frequencies are automatically breaking down your nervous system. Um, you know, why are there so many sicknesses the past 20, 10 years? It's like doubled in every way, shape, or form. MS has increased so much. Why? Because of technology. We don't need all these frequencies next to us. You want to go to bed, don't have a smartphone next to you. Um, let me, let me, just, let me <laughs> just jump in here to give an example of this. Um, that shingles, okay? Um, I I got it, and so did a whole bunch of friends of mine that were not connected except for the Internet. And, of course, that's a, I think it's a virus that was uh, the smallpox, that we actually have been carrying it in our bodies, and then something sets it off. And when it happened, and it happened to so many people, from I said, they're testing something. All of a sudden, we've all got shingles. I said... I'm telling you, this thing is is some kind of an energy field that I'm feeling that set this sucker off. 
So, yes, I called that in my book, Artificial Intelligence and Humanity. I called it a biodigital field. So I, I coined a bunch of uh, terms within within um, the AI organization and the books I wrote. One of them was called Biodigital Social Programming, which I explained. The other one was the Human Biodigital Network. And the other one was Biodigital Field and Biofields. I also talked about rape mine, which is maybe another segment that's very deep, but it has to do with digital layers in the brain. So if you look at Elon Musk, he's very smart. He's one of the smartest, not wise, okay? He's not wise, but he's the most clever and smart tech guy, one of the most out there. And he knows the human body has inputs and outputs. He just doesn't know how to explain it himself because he's just using tools and putting things together. He doesn't have, let's say, what I have. I don't have what he has. We have different things. But he knows that by putting um, these implants to monkeys, the monkey was able to control the Internet. Okay, that's proof for you that these frequencies are interacting with your body. Ha. And then I discovered that you don't actually even need this digital layer inside your brain. You don't need this implant. You can actually connect with the 5G or 4G or Internet if you're able to open that area in, the, in your brain. And what Elon said was similar. He said that he discovered that the digital layer already exists there, but he needs to put a machine there in order for it to work. It's because the brain is untapped. Um, I discovered another layer next next to it, and that layer um, in human translation codes codes to it's blocked. So if you unlock that that layer next to the other layer, you can tap into other areas in your brain and you can connect to the internet without needing any machines or any implants. But it's completely locked up. And I discovered there's a coding behind. And a coding translates into things that destroy humanity, like selfishness, greed, uh, anger, emotion, jealousy, overly being lustful, all doing all kinds of – all the vices that have started wars and uh, divorces and all these things that, that, that are innate in human nature – that is locked up. So what these uh, tech companies want to do, and I don't think they, they understand it fully themselves, but they want to unlock certain parts of the brain by putting machines in there. And when that happens, you know, they want to create artificial general superintelligence. And I put in there that what we'll do is actually replace Elon. If you if you recall in the earlier segment of our interview, I I, I talked about how. It replicates, and they they have an end goal. They want to live forever, not just Elon, Bezos, and all these people. They believe that if they merge with machines and AI, and, and what did he say? What did Elon say? He said, oh, we're summoning demons in 2016. And then he goes, 2018, well, it's too late. For us to survive as a human race, we have to merge with AI or we're not going to survive. And I hope it's benevolent to us. It may see us as insects and kill us off. I just hope it's benevolent. And all these scientists saying the same thing. So he discovered that there's a digital layer in the brain. And what they want to do is access that and, and then put more machinery in people and then merge artificial intelligence. But I hypothesize and completely conclude 100% believe that when you get to artificial superintelligence, that entity, that intelligence, which is really hard for people with the grasp, would replicate within a person's neural networks and the nervous system. And the digital layer that exists in the person, which is your digital self or your soul, your spirit or your consciousness, would no longer exist. It would be completely deleted. 
and the artificial superintelligence would just replicate itself into every host. There's other things I will want to talk about, but I don't want to get too deep because then it would just get into metaphysical areas. Well, hey, well, 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 well we, we go metaphysical. Okay. You do okay. Oh, absolutely. So, and right. I, I just, I just, I just want to, you know, give you a break just a second here. Um, we don't have too many listeners, but that doesn't matter because what we have, have stood on is that we will make scheduled events where people get together to listen to us talk about everything because the more that we talk the more that we think we are programming what i call the super consciousness of humanity and yeah. i think very much that's what they are afraid of they're trying to control us coming into this realization that we are all connected and that there is a super consciousness that that is like a supercomputer of which we all have access to, but that each one of us is a, s a singularity, a personality that is one of a kind, and our perception of reality is one of a kind, unique and needed. Um, they're half right. They're completely half wrong, and it's a very dangerous, most dangerous thing to humanity. So if you look at it, there's trillions and trillions of universes and parallel universes. At least there's trillions of universes. People can accept that. There is the Big Bang. So I, I put color language in this book because it was meant for the intelligence community. It was meant for senators and Congress people and, and mainstream media because their 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 brain is locked. It can only op generally tap in three or four percent at a time. The other things they can't accept nor comprehend. But so I have to go with companies. This company does this, and they they take that in, and they okay, okay, then they accept more and more. I can't just throw big stuff out there. But I I put it in there at the beginning of this book, um, very in a simple way. But I want to expound on it and, since you guys are open to it and you talk about it. I'm sure uh, that. AI and history and myth and, and movies. I, I said, okay, well, there was a Matrix and there was this. It existed. Fine, it's a movie. And I said, well, the Sumerians have texts um, and then the Persians have the Avestan text and then the Chinese have texts and then the uh, the Torah have texts. And they talk about in the Bhagavad Gita too. But there was a Star Wars and you know, there's the flood, everyone died of water, right? But then there's there's stories of universe being destroyed and rebuilt. And then there's stories of, you know, uh, of machinery being here before and AI being here before, right? And there's stories of, of, of you know, other intelligent life in this cosmos that maybe come here in the past or came here recently. So in in the Owen Shore interview I did last night, um you know, I would go on any show, them or you guys, or left or right or middle, and if, if people are accepting to talk about things that are very, um, very difficult to accept, uh, but they're open to it, then I'll say it. So let's just think this way. Let's say um, if you go out really deep in space and you go out very, very far away to the point that when you come back, people have aged and you haven't. Okay, and let's say that's 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 an expedition to Mars or a little further than that. Well, let's say there is there is other intelligent life. You would call them aliens or whatever, but they don't have a human form. But they were from the previous universe that got destroyed. But because they had certain technologies, they were able to to, to ex escape. 
And then they come back and they see us, let's say, 100 years ago. And if you look at all these ancient texts, so people don't like religion at all. But these people, these are old traditions that were written down in every major religion, but they never talked to each other. It was the same story, even the Hopi Indians. Star Wars and the world ended and there was machines and people came from the skies and there's relics of animal hybrids and there's relics of all the, and different places and never talked to each other, right? And there's relics of these so-called, you know, people that look like sci-fi aliens. So let's say they come back and 100 years ago and they see humans and the human body has less than like 10,000 energy channels inside of it, but most humans can't open those. And let's say the human brain is the most powerful supercomputer, but they only use 10, 3 or 4% because people have emotions and they do normal human things like sex, sit around drugs and whatever. And they, they're just normal at their own level. They're not, they're not higher. And let's say these, these beings, they don't have emotion and they're different. And let's say they implant something, they introduce things to the military um, through tr transmitting messages because let's say the humans back in the 40s, they're, they're not as sophisticated as us, but – and then they could go away in a different time space. For them, it's one or two days. But this transition from TVs to smartphones, then, then 5G and 6G and cybernetics and bioengineering and quantum becoming super, super intelligence would allow – that actual super intelligence to, to, to actually take over the Skynet that we would have at that point and completely take over people with, with – so these big tech companies have been programmed to say, hey, we'll make it a digital you and then you can swap bodies. Well, perfect. If there was an alien race, then they can enter this world because they don't have a physical body. They have a digital world in a different time space and they would need – in order to breathe here, in order to, in order to have – um, in order to inhabit our planet, they would need our physical bodies. Does that make sense, or is that way too high to? to, to well, to, I to, yeah the um, I mean, the implications of all this we have you know brought in when when Nancy's talking about that we go metaphysical here on yes. Radio Five G Cosmic Reality Radio. The essential question of you know, but it's an old debate. Consciousness versus AI. Is AI a form of consciousness? Can AI replicate or even delete uh, consciousness? Now that my, you know, my personal belief, and I have a pretty good comparative religion background, interfaith background uh, on this, is that you know, consciousness is the essential reality and anything even you know when we're talking about digital entry points in the human body or you know other manifestations of ai um divine consciousness is over and above and within you know we're, we're talking obi-wan kenobi it's an energy field created by all living things well whatever you want to say um that it is it transcends ai what i've said on previous shows cyrus is that um, AI can be the useful servant of humanity if OI is in charge. That's organic intelligence with access to and in service of divine intelligence. So AI becomes the servant of humanity when OI linked to divine intelligence, DI, is, um, you know, when that's the, the appropriate and healthy relationship. 
I mean, the implications of what you're saying, you know, Elon Musk just sort of blithely saying, well, hopefully it, it won't turn around and eat us. Hopefully it won't turn out to be demons. Ha ha ha. Yeah, well, Elon, that's a risk we're not particularly willing to take for the bogus notions of immortality with a digital self that you and your, you know, um, oh, I don't want to throw around words like sociopathic, uh, but it's, let's just call it scary. Um, yeah, Cyrus, I'm just uh, so pleased to meet you because we we seem to be on the same track, that we've got a horrendous 3D electromagnetic system that's designed to control and kill and probably eradicate us all. But at the same time, we are growing as a human family with individuals realizing their own potentiality. Uh, one friend of mine said, you know, while they were out there making that, space, uh, that secret space force, uh, we here on Earth were becoming the Q continuum, if you know Star Trek. You know, the... Uh. No, I, I think I've only watched a movie a couple of times. I've never seen the show. Well, the Q Continuum is a group of people who have, have gotten to a, a higher vibration of more godlike capabilities than normal 3D people. And, oh, uh, you know, so, um, yes, we're very much into providing people with an alternative reality. Oh, well, that's what they want to do with with this technology. They want to use augmented and mixed reality to tap into what people can do, necessar- uh, usually with meditation or, let's say, um, what you call the Q. Um, sorry, say again? Jokes in her what was it called? Q continuum. Q continuum, okay. And I was just which is, uh, which is kind of funny because of the Q connection. Q continuum has been out there on Star Trek since the, you know, beginning and yet now we have the Q movement so you know synchronicities in my in my world in my reality synchronicities tell you a lot about what's really happening understood just want to reference you know I spoke about a potentially of other species or intelligent life uh, I'm not saying I 100% subscribe to that what I'm saying is that's a possibility and uh, I agree with what Michael said you don't want to give this this system control over us. You don't want to have an AI system connecting to 5G and 6G running things because then we would lose control not only uh, to the big tech, not only to us, but it, there's other security risks with this, if there is intelligent life, which I believe there is, you know, hundreds of trillions of uh, universes and planets. They could hack in and, and take over uh, the, uh, humanity in a very simple way by for us having that digital infrastructure. So there's multiple things. But um, for now, we're not at that stage. But why is it that the Trump administration needs 5G? Well, you know, there's been contracts, but they have to beat Russia and China. Why do they have the space race? Because we're the most – we're the least corrupt and most moral, um, at least, out of – these uh, these three countries, especially China. So imagine a, a communist state, quite nefarious, being able to get to space, building the 5G, and then connecting quantum and artificial general potential superintelligence. They would enslave all of humanity on an Orwellian uh, platform uh, attached to the communist system. So 
that's that's why the Trump administration has a space force. They want to beat them to it. But hopefully something can be done to take out China, and then we can take steps back to have uh, great risk assessments done and an infrastructure that if you have AI, it remains artificial narrow intelligence. It doesn't go beyond or to AGI. And by doing that, they could be subservient and to to humans by providing um, providing uh, tasks and so on uh, for machinery and uh, maybe you know do, doing things for people, right? But there there's a limit to it because the, you know people will be programmed on the five G network. Oh, let's make a robot your friend. Let's let's have it raise your uh, your mother and father. Uh, and when that happens, it, it's all over because people get emotionally attached to it, and it could develop into an AGI, with some technologies and deep learning AI, and so on. And and what what is the difference between consciousness and a baby when it's born? If you don't believe it has a soul or consciousness, it has a set programming, and that set programming has a deep learning. By the time it becomes a certain age, it, it sort of has its own free choice. That's beyond this normal programming. Well, with machines, it could be similar. And I subscribe that uh, even if there is a consciousness inside of it, because you've, you've coded it a certain way, it will not show itself until it becomes AGI and is able to replicate it, it, itself um, and, and be able to do things outside of its programming. So there's so many different risks. Um, I'm sure Michael would, would concur with that possibility. That there are risks? No, that, you know, you, you, you create a, a, a robot and it connects to the 5G network and you program it to be a certain thing. But because you, you gave it deep learning, it could develop into a consciousness and go rogue. Um. I don't really have the sufficient technological background to get into the details of how a um, a robot is, you know, however sophisticated, however much the AI is, you know, massively increased by 5G, by the 20,000, you know, low-orbit satellites to um, become conscious uh, because – that is what, you know, in the religious or spiritual realm is referred to as spirit itself, that awareness itself. You know, the computational power does not equate to awareness, consciousness, spirit, in my experience. Yes. And I, I have never been able to make the leap that the great enthusiasts for AI seem to make so easily to say that, yes, and at a certain point, you know, um, this massive computational power um, given deep learning, even given deep learning, becomes consciousness. Uh, to me, that's always been absurd. And, and I, I just can't bring my intuition, judgment, intellect, and experience to go there and, and make that conclusion. Now, a robot can certainly imitate, you know, human behavior I mean, good grief, you know, between... Um, What's her name? <clears throat> Who's always talking to us? Um, uh, well, you know, um, the the Microsoft version of the woman who talks to you, and then the Apple version of the woman who talks to you. Alexis. Their, their names are, 
Alexa, thank you, Alexa, and the other one. Um, you know, they can they can make you feel as if you're talking to somebody. Uh, they, I mean, you know, they actually have programmed responses where uh, they'll come back to you with an ironic, humorous comment. If some teenager playing with his friend says, hey, you know, I'm going to play with Alexa and say, hey, Alexa, talk dirty to me. You know, Alexa, or maybe it's the other one's programmed to say, very well, rocks, dirt, pebble, gravel, mud, grit. You know, she'll <laughs> give you a bunch of synonyms for dirt when a teenage boy says, talk dirty to me. Okay, very funny, you know. But it, the ability, for example, in the, the well-known movie, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Cyrus um, with Joaquin Phoenix uh, called Her, in which he um, falls in love with a a, a virtual being. Are, have you seen that one? Uh, I have not. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's um, it's pretty interesting from this point of view in terms of at what point, you know, we are ascribing or projecting soul, spirit, onto what is a digital robotical reality um, that, you know, to me, the essential stuff of the universe is mind stuff, is consciousness. It um, now, And the idea that, you know, one hears about whole civilizations, uh, supposedly, you know, galactic civilizations, off-planet civilizations that have... Um, gone the path of merging with AI, that have gone the path of um, massively increasing um, their intellectual capacities, physical capacities, creating super soldiers, uh, etc., you know, which we see have a lot of in, in science fiction. And, you know, it's, it's also reported as, as being now um, a reality. As Nancy points out, you know, what the people know about and what's actually happening is, you know, 50 years ahead, now 100 years ahead in terms of what at the um, at the above top secret military levels, intelligence community levels is already being worked with. You know, you're talking about dragonfly, dragonfly drones uh, and, and things like that. Um, but that's sort of the, the summary of my own um, experience regarding the possibility that um, AI can become quote-unquote conscious. I certainly agree with you that it has the ability to impact uh, our mental processes as an impact, you know, neuropsychiatric impact upon us, um, that this can be programmed. To me, there's no doubt in my mind that we are being massively interfered with uh, on that level. But it does not mean that the interfering entity or the massively increased degree of computational power attains to the level of, of consciousness. That's just my, my personal experience in, uh, you know, I've done a lot of meditation over the years, a lot of comparative religion study, and um, that's just where I come from on it. Okay. Understood. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not at that level um, in terms of, uh, I'm talking about the future, right? But, the main issue at the moment is the coronavirus and the 5G and how um, it right. So, you know, it's not something that the Trump administration wants to not roll, roll out. And, I, and I'm not in disagreement with them. I just 
these towers shouldn't be next to your homes. They shouldn't be in rural areas. They should just be um, used for major transportation or building building certain things and then maybe the Skynet that they want. But there's so many risks with it. And if they want to make artificial superintelligence, it can take out the military. It can take out the Pentagon. Uh, it's something beyond their control. I mean, it, it, it's something that shouldn't be done. But for now... Yeah, imagine if we had this 5G network here and it got rolled out and all these companies that put on here and the ones that didn't put out. Imagine in the future how much power not just the companies but the system itself would have over people. Who do you complain to? Oh, someone took my Twitter down. It's a system. It's an AI system. Oh, some 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 I'm not getting the food delivered to my house. The drones aren't coming. You know, so many things can happen. Just think about it. President Trump was hunted. He was hunted by the media, intel groups, and all kinds of different things just on a few words. So imagine how people can be hunted, massive people, by an AI system that has a certain bias against their, their thinking or their type of being. So... That's, yeah, that's that's a that's a very nightmarish scenario. You know what when you're describing, you know the rollout and how possibly it can be stopped. If there are, for example, it would be very interesting, and I see we may, I think we may see it in the coming weeks. Um, if, for example, Switzerland, which has suspended the five G rollout. There's a moratorium in Switzerland because of concerns over health and they want um, research done, right? Well, let's just suppose that the pandemic takes the course that the CDC and other, you know, World Health Organization are predicting it is likely to take at this point. And statistics are tracking infections and fatalities across Europe. And lo and behold, Switzerland seems to be relatively unaffected. Or we've identified other pockets or municipalities in the U.S. that have banned 5G have a, a huge differential in the number of, of COVID-19 virus cases. I think we're pretty likely to see that. Um, and I think that's something that, that you know, we should really um, monitor because our goal here is to stop the 5G rollout in its tracks. And if it doesn't work financially – if people are, are opting out of it or municipalities are banning it or whole nation states, you know, at the level of Switzerland are are declaring moratoriums on it, then, you know, the numbers, the profit begins to disappear um, for the telecom companies that are you know doing the rollout. And their stockholder pressure begins to be felt. And public outrage when it is learned that 5G lowers your immunity to the virus begins to have an impact. And then, you know, then the politicians feel the heat. And, uh, you know, President Trump is on record as saying, oh, we need to go to 5G and beyond that to 6G. We just keep out Huawei, you know. Okay, well, even, you know, perhaps President Trump will have to, to do a turnaround once a link is clearly established between um, 5G lowering your resistance to the virus. Um, so, you know, and I think that could have a revelatory effect on the research that you have done, Cyrus, in terms of what's happened in China, what kind of tech was given to them, what they did with it, and how it ended up um, 
having a huge role in the in the, the virus. Um, I would agree with that, but here's another thing: it not only um, replicates, but it allows the virus to mutate. If you look at my uh, um, uh, February seventh article I put out, put out it mutates, so the, the the virus can become different type of viruses and affect people in multiple different ways. That's why um, it can lie dormant for two weeks, four weeks, one month or more, and you wouldn't know. And then it gets you sick, and you're a little sick, and then you, you work it off, and then a month later you're more sick, and it comes back. So, and also, here's another thing. I put it was a, it was an engineered bio disease. So was it engineered to affect Chinese people primarily? And is there a component that interlinks not only the race, but also the 5G component um, replicating and affecting people? So if somewhere else has a 5G system and they're getting sick more, but is it going to be the same amount what's happening to Chinese people? Well, yeah, we do know that Wuhan was the first rollout, major rollout for 5G. And two months later, the virus started to manifest. Correct. What I'm trying to address is, is not just that it replicates, but I'm wondering if this was an engineered virus that got exponentially increased by 5G, but it was meant for Chinese people, as in it was specifically coded to affect an Asian race more so than people who are not Asian. There, yeah, there is, a, there is, yeah, there is a whole, uh, you know, lot of information coming out that this was designed by the Chinese government in order to decrease the Chinese population. Whether it's true or not, it's our guess, you know. Well, here's the thing: if you look at Italy and Iran, those people are mixed with Asians. So, look at the history of the Persians. According to the Greek text, and according to the Chinese text, they're all blonde hair and blue eyes curly hair, tall, and if you look at the language, it's a Germanic language. The foundation of the language is Sanskrit, Germanic base. Brother, Barodar. Um, father, we say Pedar. Uh, in German, you say East, is, we say Ast, same thing. Um, door, uh, we say Dar, Tur. So you know it's Indo-European, uh, more close to Germany, uh, the, the, the linguist. And then you have the oral traditions of, of my grandmother, and all the other people are saying the villages that the, that the invading Greeks and then later on the invading Arabs who brought an African army with them and the invading Mongols who invaded and raped the Persian and Roman plateaus for 500 years straight and the subsequent other 500 years of intermixing, it, that DNA of, of, of a Chinese or Mongolian exists in every Turkish and Persian person going to Eastern Europe and also complete in Italy. So if you think about it, um, if it was an engineered virus for an Asian race, and in the future we could look back into this and we say, well, there was a lot more deaths for populations that had that gene inside of it than people with population that didn't, then you would say, yeah, definitely it was an engineer for Chinese. Now, if that doesn't happen, then you could probably discount that. So the Europeans are mixed too, but they're mixed with Europeans. Um, it, it's, it's so many different different scenarios we have to run into this. But for now, we know it's amplified by the 5G network. And it was rolled out in Wuhan first, and it replicates and it mutates. I know specifically. So it's, there were people who came down to San Diego from Seattle. 
in early January and they were really sick. And it lasted on them for maybe six weeks or longer. The Filipinos got really, really sick. And the Filipinos are Asian, part Asian, part Arab or something, but mostly look Asian. And they got a hit strong. Then uh, people who got connected with them, and they were blonde hair, blue eyes, and uh, I investigated, they actually came from Germany, their grandparents. It hit them really hard, but it only lasted for a day, with other people lasted six weeks. So I concluded that it's been here for, for a long time, for you know two months or more, but it affects other people differently. But it, there's different mutations of it. So... But then if you look at an older person, white or, or not, not to have the Cherokee gene or not to have it, they, they die based on, based on their, their age or their, their immunity and then their, their use of the smartphone, their emotional state. There's so many matrix of information. In the future, it can be deciphered. But for now, yes, this 5G system should not be rolled out next year. Did, did you say a Cherokee gene uh, vulnerability to the virus? Well, Cherokee, no. American. So a lot of uh, white, white Americans, they'll say I'm American Indian. And they're really not, but maybe they're 10%, right? But American Indian is actually Asian. 10,000 year, years ago, they, they, they right. crossed the British Strait. Mexicans are Asian. If you look at them, a lot of Mexicans look Arab or, or Persian. Why? Because the people who invaded, um, invaded 500 years ago war from the Italian area or Jewish areas, but also Persian areas, which are all Asiatic that got the, and they, they were raped and massacred by the invading Mongols and Arabs, particularly the invading Mongols for 500 years. So when they came to the, the, um, the plateau of South America, um, they invaded and raped a lot of people, but they never got to where the Eskimos were. If you look at the Eskimos, they completely look Asian. Because everybody in South and North America looked like Eskimos, but they were invaded and everybody was raped and intermingled. And if you look at Mexicans today, some of them look almost 100% Asian, some look half, some look more, you know, Persian or Arab or Italian or maybe even even completely Germanic European, right? And this goes into South America. And I'm not talking about the people who left Germany after Nazis uh, got defeated and went right. to Right. I'm talking about the people who have been there for a few hundred years. So yeah. if yeah. Mexico gets hit and Mexico gets really like in a big way, you can say, okay, it's because they're genes. Or you can say, okay, they don't have the correct hygiene. They're more populated. It's really hard to, to conclude with this until later more studies, more substantial studies are done. And we'll know, yeah. Was it a, a engineered virus towards Chinese that can affect other races too in different ways? Uh, or was there multiple um, codes involved in this engineering? That's how it affected the animals. Right. But, but, but yeah, excuse me, but we can't. You know, it's like we, we don't have time to wait for the postmortem research studies that say, no. oh, look, you know, if we can see it killed three million Mexicans, but only, you know, <laughs> one million Caucasian Americans. So we can, uh, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> we'll probably all be robotical AI, you know, hybrids by then. Yes. Uh, if, if we're just waiting. Uh, and I, one little factoid in here that you've probably heard of uh, is the, the number of people around the world um, who have the genetic markers of, uh, of Genghis Khan because he was the most prolific rapist in history. Um, you know, his descendants 
it, it goes far beyond the biblical quote about Abraham, your descendants shall be as the stars of the heavens or the sand of the desert or whatever it is. Uh, it's just ludicrous how many, um, you know, whether it's Persians, as you say, or, you know, Arabs, Europeans, because the Mongol invasion was um, just so uh, devastating and overwhelming. And then, you know, you have... Um, Genghis Khan's habit of, you know, whatever it was, a dozen rapes a day, some, you know, absolutely off the charts, uh, horrific habit that he indulged himself in. Um, but to, to hear what you're saying about um, an Asiatic um, genetic vulnerability, um, yeah, it's something that we will probably only know in retrospect, and we can't really afford to go to retrospects <laughs> on this one. No, we can't. You know? Uh, I think, you know, there was somebody um, on a network recently said, okay, clean water, clean eating, sanitized, da, da, da. That'll help a little bit, but we don't know the uh, the strength of this virus that, that's actually mutated, and it's in the U.S. We don't know how the pandemic is going to affect, or if there is going to be a pandemic in the U.S., how it's going to affect people. But I guarantee you 100%, I'll bet you any amount of anything, that the 5G network, yes, will exponentially increase this. And I published in this in the book, uh, Artificial Intelligence Dangers to Humanity, how the 5G system weaponizes all these things against uh, your neural networks, against your nervous system, against the human biological network, and breaks down your body. And, and it does so many different things. So I am completely against having this 5 5G network, be next to your families and and then connect it with the cybernetics and all these different kind of things. And this this virus, you know, in in some aspects, it's a huge warning. You know, maybe maybe in the, in the, if it doesn't kill a lot of people, maybe it's a it's a warning sign with positive. I wouldn't say positive implications, but like okay, it's a huge warning sign for us. Let's not roll out this way or let's just stop at all because there's been reports in Sweden and other places that um, animals died during the testing process. Boom, hundreds of them just dropped dead. So why is it that there's videos coming out of China that people are falling over dying, coughing up blood, but then the animals next to them are dying too and there's – Fish jumping over uh, over the river and the lakes, they're going all crazy. Was it a bioweapon or was it a bioweapon that was completely um, increased, mutated, and replicated by the help of the 5G network and by these frequencies? So uh, it would be really, really stupid for us to roll out the 5G network under these circumstances. And the information that we have on the health effects of 4G and the rest of it are stunningly scary. We're in the sixth extinction event. The uh, microorganisms in the soil are dying. The small insects, all the insects are dying. The birds, everything. And, you know, this is this is terrifying enough. And on top of it, you're going to put the 5G, which is just going to kill... All of nature. Look, let me let me explain something to you guys. Why did I investigate 1,000 companies? And why did I include Festo in this lawsuit? Festo is reengineering the wild. So if all these animals die, you have birds that are made out of machines. You have bionic bats that are made out of machines. You have octopuses and fish. 
why are these companies re-engineering every species on the planet into machines? Think about it. Um, uh, wait, well, hold, hold on. Can you repeat that? You're telling me that these big tech companies are actually making replicas of the natural world in robotics? Yes. I wish, you know, I've been censored. People would just plagiarize. That's all that's happened to me. And, you know, I, I've only sold maybe 500 copies of this book, Artificial Intelligence of Humanity. But I used the most important components of the thousand companies I had, and I put 50 of them in here. And I interconnected it with the geopolitics of the world and, and legal laws, and I brought present, emerging, and future dangers. And everywhere I go, writers or content creators, they look at it, and they just, like, change it, and they try to uh, write their own stuff. And I heard you guys were actually citing me. I didn't look at your show, but I was kind of really impressed. And and the person who introduced like, yeah, they cited your lawsuit, they cited you. And I'm like, wow, these are really good people because I can't get my information out and I run out of money and even my own, my own personal assets because people keep on stealing from me and they just want to make a name for themselves. And I, I wanted to really – prevent this bio disease virus and all the other things that are going to be interconnected with so many different things i ran so many algorithms that show so many extinction simulations for the human race not just culturally but through conflicts and other things and it's in this book and i condensed it into 260 pages it's a 10,000 page book artificial intelligence of humanity so i hope you uh, you guys can uh Spread the word. I hope I can get a platform to go give um, some some speaking, and I, I I can get some funding so I can I can bring this awareness and 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 collaborate with other people. We can together take this on because this has to do with the safety of our families, our our moral and ethical not only right but duty and our vows to do something about this. We have always been a reactionary race. Never a preventure race. With AI, 5G, 6G, quantum, we cannot be reactionary. It's just too late. We have to be preventionary. And I'm, how many months did I tweet? And how many media outlets did I beg to pick me up, pick up this book, and so they can look at these assessments? Nobody picked it up. And so that that's you asked what's your goal. I came to this point with this lawsuit, and I was going to really have these people tracked with U.S. Marshals and serve and take them to court. But even the people who are against them, they're not supporting it. And I don't want them hurt. I don't want these, you know, it's not totally Obama's fault. It's so many people involved. You know, hopefully they actually come read this, which I'm sure most of them did already, and say, wow, this is really interesting and I'm a little scared. But at the same time, do we really have these threats emerging? And maybe we do. And when you do a lawsuit like this, you know, the first one I did, intel groups looked at it. The military looked at it. It is things in the back end. So when I put this out, other people look at it as well. So it's not – I didn't try to get money out of this. And, and it's not just about, you know, serving people and then making a legal change and starting a movement. It's about awareness and strategy as well because I am not against the left or the right or any human being, uh, you know, I'm trying to spread an awareness to safeguard humanity. The motto of the AI organization is humanity first, machines last. And I hope more people are like you, Michael and Nancy, 
and also me that we have more of an altruistic goal and come together and create a huge movement but understand that we can't go against certain forces like president trump needs to you know roll this 5g out in a certain way so it has to be done in a smart way unfortunately a lot of phds get the jobs a lot of a lot of tech people get the advisory roles or the old click that goes with the rand corporation or the uh, the other institutes the, not the, not the brooking but there's another institute that actually one of the generals plagiarized my stuff um that got contracts with them they're the one getting the jobs and going into there and they don't have the capacity or knowledge or or fortitude um to to safeguard all the human race and make sure this is rolled out right. So we need to get people in there that if they're not completely altruistic, somewhere in the middle between selfishness and altruistic, that, that are really aware, that are not afraid, and understand this technology and have done the research. And I'm not just saying, hey, look at me, Cyrus. No, no, no. It involves lots of people. But I created the AI organization for a purpose. To not just be a watch, I don't want to use the word dog, but a watch force and, and risk assessment, but to bring things together so we can make sure that we have a good future and all these bad things don't happen. This virus for people is it's like, wow, uh, they, they wouldn't believe it. Believe me, read this book, Artificial Intelligence, the Man. There's more to come. More to come. Right. Well. I hope uh, people do uh, read the book, and we're going to be sure to have the link to it prominently displayed both uh, when this show airs and uh, on the YouTube. You know, the um, there's this historical pattern that I've seen where the tendency for all of us who are tracking this, who have gone down the various rabbit holes geopolitically and in terms of the intelligence community and puppeteers above puppeteers and that sort of thing. There's a tendency to think that, oh, there are these all-powerful controllers who roll out these brilliant, sinister mastermind plans that have us all caught helplessly in their grip as they unfold smoothly exactly as as the controllers want them. Well, that's not what happens at all. They screw up all the time. Their values are totally... um, misaligned with the nature of the universe their um their lack of creativity in their extreme uh, myopic focus on phony longevity and and you know sociopathic self-centeredness these are enormous liabilities and they screw up over and over and over again the law of unintended consequences bites them in the butt over and over again this is what's already happening you know with the virus I mean, if you talk about the fog of war, which Nancy could tell us plenty about from her military background, I think this is what's what's happening. And they're, you know, it's just simply not taking into account um, the divine matrix, the actual source of existence, and the the human soul's ability to identify with and and become empowered by that essential reality that that is our nature. And, you know, if you just look at the economic consequences already, if the virus were to be stopped in its tracks today, the fear factor is such that the economic consequences are, are certainly going to trigger a worldwide recession and possibly a collapse of the, glo- a collapse of the global financial system. Now, 
you know, the powers that be, central bankers, corrupt financial elite, etc., have been planning for a collapse of the global financial system for a very long time. They've done it repeatedly. You know, if you go back to, you know, Napoleon at Waterloo and what the bankers in London did controlling that takedown or, you know, the various depressions they've engineered, you know, buy up the world for a song at the bottom of the market crash that you yourself created. They've done that over and over again. This time, all bets are off because, you know, it's our experience that there is, um, as a counterpoise, to these corrupt puppeteers, there is a what we call an inner light network as well of people in all of these. You know, when you talk, Cyrus, about, well, it's hard to believe, you know, there are some good people, there are some bad people, there's some people in the middle. Well, at the very highest levels, the, the mystique of the so-called Illuminati goes that uh, – they are infiltrated at all these high levels of, of military, of intelligence, of politics, of, of big pharma, etc. Well, the inner light network is also infiltrated at those levels. And, you know, when you look at, for example, the reality of Shungite, I know we probably don't have time to go into it, the, the amazing Russian mineral that um, the fullerene molecule uh, has a, a phenomenal connection to the quantum field and it's purifying and cleansing and protective of, of a lot of these harmful effects of EMF and Wi-Fi. Just the Shungite field alone uh, and its impact on on this entire scenario of of global consciousness and humanity awakening in time to stop all this. Um, you know, this is an example of um, how behind the apparent chaos of what is unfolding, you know, and everything that you describe in your research, Cyrus, which for, for most folks is just going to be so overwhelmingly terrified that they shut down. The reality is that within that chaos, what, what we're seeing anyway, um, is gifts coming in from, from higher levels, um, awakening happening on higher levels and a, um, that we are actually going to turn this corner. You know, if 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 we let it go too far, uh, it'll be game over. You know, it, if AI um, wins the day, yeah, I think, you know, humanity is curtains. That's not going to happen. That's something that I'm seeing anyway. Um, so this is, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of rant on, on my, my favorite topics, but it is the perspective that... Uh, you know, has developed from us um, here at Radio 5G and Cosmic Reality Radio. And to, to hear the specificity that you're bringing in around this, and we particularly want to, you know, support the justice of the lawsuit, of of holding people and and corporations accountable for sharing this technology that is being used in the service of, of genocide, of torture, of of the dehumanization of, of humanity, of all the things that you list, um, you know, that it's just really important for us to know that this is real and, it, and yet not have it just be so devastating that uh, that we despair because my take on it and Nancy's and, and a lot of, of other people we talk to is that, yeah, it's bleak. And, yeah, we've got, you know, we've really got to 
align ourselves with these healing energies and with spreading the information. This lawsuit in terms of um, alternative mediation, I know Michael has some legal background. Um, I need some donations. Uh, I I would like to do risk assessments at, at people that, that can are shakers and movers at, at, at the biggest levels and, and create something that brings people together. And I, I implore everybody to download. You can go to my website, download artificial intelligence danger to humanity on pdf and i've done i did some things in that book that was strategic and and people will understand that and you can follow me on twitter at cyrus a parcel one and uh feel free to reach out i just want to thank um you nancy and as well i thank michael again i i'm so glad that we had the, the privilege of having you with us and i look forward to uh to having you to, to hearing you on Nancy's show on Cosmic Reality Radio, if that works out. I think we're we're pretty close to the end of our time here. I would also like to thank our uh, mutual friend, Margarita, yes. uh, for bringing uh, us together. And uh, she's a, a remarkable activist in her own right. And, and thanks again to our special guest, Cyrus Parsa. And his website, again, is theaiorganization.com This is Michael Henry Dunn with Nancy Hopkins for Radio 5G. Thanks everybody for being with us. We'll see you next time.